to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Uh, you are joined by your usual hosts, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Ben, how are we doing? We're good. We're live from BenCon. BenCon. BenCon 2018. Yeah. Uh, we've uh, we've been doing an all-nighter for, <laughs> for Ben's uh, birthday. Uh, but not drinking, but being, being good old-fashioned nerds. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk a bit about that. We're joined by Callum. Hello. Lanky Santa himself. <laughs> He's back. Uh, back Nick, again. Nickname yeah. is stuck. Yeah, yeah. You've been on since the Christmas episode, though. Have you? Have I? I don't know. I'm don't sure remember. we've had you back on. I don't remember. Oh, well. But he's uh, back. He's, ba- he's back. Uh, and we're going to... We've got... We've, uh, I say this every episode. We've got quite a lot to chat about this week. Do you know, we, we actually do get up yeah. to a fair bit, don't we? Yeah. So, but uh, apparently, there's this convention on called Gen Con. Yeah, total rip off of Ben Con. Yeah. Like, um, disgusting. What are those Yankees thinking? Um, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, obviously, obviously, Gen Con has been going on, and there is a ton of announcements from that, which yep. we'll cover off in a moment. We've sunk our teeth into a song of ice and fire Ben's miming yeah. gnashing his jaws like yeah. much like one of the dire wolves yeah. from from the the books yep. uh, and yeah we've just been uh, hanging out and playing some games so we'll, we'll talk a bit about that as well yeah. but let's, let's get on to the important the important bit of business uh, What what's been revealed at Gen Con yeah so obviously for people who don't know Gen Con as much as we like to pretend that Ben Con has been ripped off by Gen Con. Uh, the reverse is true. <laughs> Gen, Gen, Gen Con is one of the biggest gaming conventions in the world. Um, it takes place in Indianapolis. Yep. In Indiana, in the US. Slap bang in the middle. And it is sprawling. It's massive. Like the, yeah, the, 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 the open... Uh, I did not fully appreciate how big this convention is until I read that the... Op- I think it's the open gaming area... Mm. Is the size of the NFL football team's field? It is the like, NFL football yeah, team's it, no, field. Exactly, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. They yeah. they have took over a football well, stadium, so that gives you some idea of just how vast this event is. As such, um, we we have no hope in hell <laughs> covering, covering everything. Yeah, so we've uh, cherry picked some of the stuff that we find interesting. Yeah, and that we think that you, our lovely listeners, may find interesting. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, will we just dive in? Yeah, yeah, let's... Uh, what, what's up first? Um, I've First on my list, I've got Arkham Horror 3rd Edition. So, not to be confused with the living card game that we have been talking about and playing on stream, etc. Uh, this is the old board game from... Well, when was it first published? Because it's been ages. Oh, it was first published in the 80s. Yeah. Arkham Horror's really, really old. And then they came out with the... Fantasy Flight came out with the second edition. That's got to be like 10, 12 years old. old, Yeah, so... I think it was about 2005. Yeah, so maybe... Yeah. That's about right. Okay. Um, And this is the third edition, and it looks very here, different here you go the original was developed in 1987 there we go and it was republished in 2005 so, oh yeah. yeah hey you're spot on yeah uh, so what what have they changed about this so we've not seen too much they've not gone into a whole lot of depth yet mm-hmm. we've just had the initial announcement but we've got modular boards the look of things 
Um, looks pretty wacky. Okay. Um, quite different from the Arkham Horror that um, we that know. We, that we know. Because it's just one big massive board. Yeah. Um, and apparently you're going to be able to kit out your investigators a little bit, so there's going to be a degree of customization. Um, it looks cool. We'll probably pick it up because yeah. we love a bit of Arkham Horror. But I suppose that the main question for me is with the Arkham Horror Living Card Game, do we really need? Well, funnily enough, this is this is the question I was going to pose. It's like, why why are they doing it now? I mean, I, I guess people still love the Cthulhu mythos and all yeah. of that. Um, certainly, it, I, as much as I enjoy the old Arkham Horror board game, uh, it does feel dated now. It does. Uh, it's a very complicated, long game. There's a lot of a lot of plates to spin. It takes a long time to play. I mean, we've all played it here, all three of us, mm-hmm. um, several times. So we're pretty well acquainted with the the 2005 edition. Um, but for me, like when the Arkham Horror Living Card Game came out, it was like, this is great. It's the Arkham Horror experience streamlined. Mm-hmm. It's like they they've they've taken all the stuff that was great about that game. And removed all the, the the weight and the bloat. Um, so when I saw this, I thought, "Oh, that's cool." And then my second thought was, "Do we need it?" Yeah. Not. I mean, not only have we got the living card game, but we've we've also got cool mini or not upcoming Cthulhu Death, Death May, May Die. Die, which, admittedly, is some way off. Yeah. Um, in fact, is the Kickstarter t- still going? I mean, it's going to fund. No, it's, it's just finished. It's it, going it's, to. Yeah. Smashed all its funding goals, but um, I, and I dare say, I think we'd said in a previous episode. I think the reason that release is so far away is because I think that the game is is still still in, in progress. Yeah. And, I, and obviously, all these Kickstarters are to an extent still in progress. But I, I think they've not even finished nailing down the mechanics, and that's mm-hmm. why it's so far away. Yeah. But um, yeah, but. I mean, I'll probably pick it up. It I, looks I, great. I, I've already I've I've said my piece on uh, Cthulhu and Lovecraft branded games. I think I think it's been done to death mm. now. Uh, I, don't get me wrong. I love the the living card game, but I think for me that's like the last. I need to try this now. Mm-hmm. I think everything else is kind of like. It will be nice to see what they do with it. Yeah. Uh, see how they can make it different. I liked the Arkham Horror game the first time I played it. I played it with a bunch of friends and we had all the expansions at the same time. The problem, yeah, exactly. The problem with that is as soon as you say that, you know the game's going to take forever. And there was they made tons of expansions. Oh yeah, Arkham yeah. Horror. It's just, yeah. Do you think it might be a halfway house? I, I, I'm speculating that they are going to simplify. They were all yeah. simplify is the wrong word. Streamline, streamline. as you said. Uh, streamline the rules. Well, they're so allegedly they've allegedly said that they're going to make it a lot more story driven this okay. one, which is great. Yeah. But at the same time, the Arkham Horror Living Card Game is very story driven. Yes. So it's like <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm 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 reserving judgment, but I feel very strongly. It's uh, like how how is this going to deliver a very different experience from the Living well, Card look, Game? Look, we, we all we all know why. They're going to be the, the, what they're really doing is it's going to sell bucket loads. Everyone loves Cthulhu. Yeah, that, is the name true. of my new sitcom. And, and as weird as, <laughs> as weird as it is, though, there's a whole school of people that actually they'll be like, oh, I don't like card games. 
Yeah, that's true. Which that's I true. think is moronic, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> no, because it's like I was talking to Ian McAllister about this the other day, right? And it's like Ian McAllister of the Giant Brain. Yep, Ian, the the very same. Because saying that you don't like card games is like going, oh, I don't like action movies. And it's like that. That's such a broad, sweeping statement. Yeah. yeah. Like, because they're both just means of delivering a story or an experience. Mm-hmm. So how can you say carte blanche that you don't like any of them? Well, that's it. It's like you know the best action movies of all time. I think almost anyone would enjoy. Yeah. So. <laughs> and there's and the thing about like genre and things like that, they bleed into one another. Yeah. So. So, uh, so, so that's uh, the news from Fantasy Flight. Nope, we have more Fantasy Ex- Flight. I was just gonna say, what else? What else have we got? Right. The, this Gen Con has been full of weird announcements. Okay, mm-hmm. just a forewarning. Key Forge. Call of the Archons. Okay. It is a card game. Okay. Designed by Richard Garfield. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> there are no boosters. Right. The game does not use the living card game format. Okay. That, um, so we we're not we're not be we will not be buying a core game no. and uh, expansions, right? But we're not buying boosters either. No. What it does do is you play with a sealed deck. Right. So, what, it just, you, you get a random deck out of a pack? Is that how so that what, works? So what happens is you get your deck, you don't know what's going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you have a degree of knowledge of what's going to be in it, in, insofar as you know roughly how it's going to be structured, like it's going to have mm-hmm. X amount of commons uncommons and rares mm-hmm. and that again although they use that language what they mean is that it's it's about power level yeah so you're going to have a lot of the the commons will be like your bulk cards yeah yeah um and then your rares are obviously the, the more powerful things and you you're not going to have as as much of them this is a really weird one mm-hmm. like cuz they like they they're really selling it up by saying like there's I mean, I don't even know what kind of number that is, but it's like a gazillion possible decks. But that's true of any card game, right? I mean, yeah, certainly when you get a card pool big enough, then, yeah, the the different combinations are going to be vast. Yeah. So... Because it it says you've got all those combinations, doesn't mean they're all going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) It's like most of them are going to be shit. Right. um, But... I don't know. I mean, it, it might be interesting to try and like organize play. Like, you just rock up to the event, you buy a deck, and then you go to town and you just. See I how mean, you I th- I think that sounds quite fun. Uh, the fact that it is Richard Garfield as well, uh, Mister mm-hmm. Magic: The Gathering, gives me uh, a lot more comfort in, you know, expecting this to be a good product. That I think my my thing is. Um, there's a lot of people one of the things they love about Magic the Gathering and indeed other card games be it living card games or trading card games or whatever is the deck building element of it and you're kind of just removing that wholesale yeah I suppose so for, for each one of those people there's someone who probably finds the experience of building a deck tiresome and they just want to pick a list and just run with it it, it, so, feel, it feels again like um, tabletop gaming Borrowing from video games, mm. but in a bad way, <laughs> Be- because like it it reminds me a little bit of um, see games like Destiny. Mm. I'm talking about the video game, obviously not Star Wars Destiny, 
where your guns have random perks on them. Right. So what happens is because a lot of people play online multiplayer, they grind and get loads of copies of that weapon right. to try and get the best possible loadout. Right. And it feels a bit like this is what they're going for with Keyforge. So you, except you're not grinding a video game, you're, you're spending money. Spending a shit ton of money yeah. to try and get the optimum deck. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's fun. I'll reserve judgment. I'll definitely try it. Watch this space. We'll see. When when are they, have they announced the release date or anything um, along those lines? I think that it's really just been announced. Going to launch in the fourth quarter of 2018. Okay. I believe some of the people at Gen Con actually got copies of the oh, deck. Oh, right. Apparently the queues were ridiculously so, funnily enough when you announce new card game by Richard Garfield people kind of go nuts yeah. so yeah, he, there we he, are Richard Garfield of course designed Magic Gathering mm. King of Tokyo Netrunner yeah um, Bunny Kingdom is one of his recent he's ones. kind of he's kind of a big deal so the next order of business mm-hmm. uh, Games Workshop have announced a couple of new boxed games okay we've got Blitz Bowl which is basically a truncated version of Blood Bowl. Okay, like five aside. Yeah, that I think it's five or six aside. Is this going to be like a pub league <laughs> for, for Blood Bowl? Yeah. Then so like, it, it's along this idea of Games Workshops that they've really started churning out the box games, but what they're doing is they're they're really trying to have as many options as possible for yeah. many different types of player so that you can play their games but you can play them the way you want to play them mm-hmm. so you don't you know gone are the days where if you wanted to play 40k you needed to have a minimum of 2000 points of space marines or whatever because mm-hmm. if you want you can play kill team and you only need five dudes for that um, if you want to play blood bowl you don't need to buy two or three boxes of dudes and then all the supplements you can just pick up a copy of blitz bowl mm-hmm. I think something they started doing with the new games, which seems quite interesting, is that the games used to be you set aside three hours in an afternoon and you sit down and play a game. But some of the newer games you can sit down and play over lunch break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a new market. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the playtime as well, isn't yeah. it? Because um, you know, as as much as the they introduced like um, like Age of Sigmar for one, that that really dropped the model count for sure. the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it did reduce the playtime from what Warhammer Fantasy took. But it still takes quite a long time to play a game of Age of Sigmar yeah. compared to some other games. Mm-hmm. And as you say, there's a whole market of people that want to be able to uh, play a game um, that they can set up within five minutes and play mm-hmm. within 30. Yeah. Um, and Blitzball seems to be um, the the latest release along mm-hmm. that sort of mentality. Um, so it sounds great. Right. It's only available in North America and Germany at the moment. Or will only be available. Why? <laughs> I've racked my brain about this. I can't think of any reason why they would do that, other than maybe they're just going to release it at conventions, but they specifically said North America, so it's going to be available in Canada as well. Right, okay. Interesting. Straight, straight, uh, yeah. So we're probably not going to get a chance to play that unless you're going to be willing to import it from old Deutschland we have our ways we have our ways we have our our ways at Unlucky Frog so Um, the other one they've announced is Space Marine Adventures okay what's this then it's a 
according to the Warhammer Community website, a fast placed board, a fast placed, a fast paced board game for mm-hmm. one to four players. You control a space marine working your way through a Necron tomb complex. Nice. So, just like a dungeon crawler. What's with particularly space cool about this is that the five space marine models mm-hmm. that, is, that are included in it were hitherto Japanese exclusive. Well, so I didn't even know it was a thing they did. Oh, they, yeah, they do. They um, they were in little uh, blind boxes. Yeah. These cool. space marine. People, oh, kind of like the Lego minifigs. Yeah, that right. kind of idea, and well. people were paying a bloody fortune to have okay. them imported from Japan. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. So, so now, now these people look silly. Yeah. <laughs> well, unless you're in the UK, in which is in which case, like you still gonna have to pay import. Oh. Them. So this is only available in North America as well. Yep. Why? I, I have no idea. Come on, GW. Release, release them over here as well. Yeah. I mean, they sound they sound like neat little products. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people wanting to pick them up. Maybe they're testing the water in America and then they'll release it over here. It's at a, a later different market, point. though. It's a weird thing to do. Yeah. You can't compare the two markets. I don't. I don't. I mean, it's I, a strange idea. I do appreciate that most of Games Workshop's trade is overseas, even though they're a UK-based company. But three, it's, three quarters, yeah. yeah. It's massive. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone forgets... The UK's tiny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there, there are states. There are provinces within the United States of America that are more populous than the, the UK. The, the the geographical area of the UK fits into Texas four times. Yeah. Can you, yeah, but you, can, can you have to sort of jigsaw it together, or I imagine so. You need to like uh, like grind it down and then like yeah, pour it in like a concrete mix. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Anything else from Gen Con then? Oh, we still. Yeah, we're about, oh. we're about halfway through. <laughs> um, Cryptozoic are doing a new pickle Rick game. Surprise! It looks yeah. mental. There's a giant pickle Rick in it. Okay. Because well, like a, a miniature. No. Is it standee? It, it's huge. It's oh wow. I'm not sure how what it purpose it, into the game. Yeah, what purpose it has? They do have miniatures in this game. Okay, that's cool. Um, like a little Rick and Morty miniature. One player plays as Pickle Rick, and the other plays as the Russians and uh, Jaguar trying to stop him escaping the <laughs> That sounds really fun. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that could be really cool. Yeah, so it, so it is a, a one to two player game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dare say that, you know, they've put all of the, the miniatures and the Pickle Rick and all that in it. You know, it's pretty flashy. Yeah. That's the modern board game market as yep. much as. Uh, you know, people can be a bit snobby about it. People like stuff. Yep, and so, uh, I, I imagine there'll be fans of the show that'll pick it up who yeah. may not necessarily be interested in tabletop gaming yeah, uh, for the sake of collecting something related to one of their favourite TV shows. So that's yep. fair. Um, Make it as flashy as you want. So Steamforged have announced that they're going to be doing a board game based on Zero Dawn Horizon. Oh, right. So... Uh, did, have they released any further details on that? Uh, some of the miniatures they've released. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot of information at the moment. Really, just an announcement. I think it's going to Kickstarter. Okay. Um, so more on that. As more it like Steamforge uh, do tend to do most of their stuff through Kickstarter, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Do. 
So that, that that's no surprise. Um, I never played the. I'm I'm not really big into video games anymore. So I I I, I never played it. Mm-hmm. Don't know how that's you know how that would translate to uh, a board game. Yeah, apparently, this is quite interesting. Apparently, the board game is going to be canon for the story of Zero oh, Dawn Horizon. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Horizon Zero Dawn. Sorry. Dawn Zero Horizon. <laughs> it never really grabbed me. Zero Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. Anyway, the but apparently it's it's going to factor into the story going forward, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Because a lot of the time these board games and things, it's like an altogether separate canon, mm. or they don't even talk about canon at all. Mm. So um, it never really grabbed me, um, robots and stuff, un- unless it's Transformers. Mm. Which were uh, that's a good segue right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we're we're hoping uh, that we'll get a chance to try that out mm-hmm. soon. Uh, I believe uh, we've already reported on the the because Wizards of the Coast announced it ahead of Gen Con, uh, but I understand that people who are lucky enough to be attending Gen Con uh, will get a chance to get their hands on it. Yeah. So uh, we're we're watch this space. Yeah, just watch this space. <laughs> um, the the other card game that went on sale at Gen Con as well, of course, was Age of Sigmar Champions. Yes, which is now on general sale in the UK. It's now as on general well. sale, but we at the time of this recording, our shipment is late. You're not angry about that at all. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> peeved at all just about that. Not angry, just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not angry. Play Fusion. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, yeah, well, obviously we were very impressed with it at uh, the UK Games Expo. So looking forward to trying that out uh, in more depth, and yeah. we'll let you guys know our thoughts and feelings on that. Um, uh, last couple of Gen Con announcements. Yeah, uh, Munchkin Forty K. Ah, I I mean yeah, uh, I'm. Do you know in in a weird way I'm kind of surprised it's not happened already. Yeah. Um, what else can you say? <laughs> it's a it's a Munchkin expansion. They're two very lucrative franchises. Yeah. I guess it made sense to smoosh them together. And I think the forty k universe is absolutely ripe for lampooning as well. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Munchkin fans will be looking forward to that. that sounds very odd. Um, Legacy. So I've never played Machikoro. No, it is a beautiful little card game mm-hmm. from what I've seen of it, and is allegedly getting a legacy version. So does it does it lend itself to I've no legacy idea. format? Never right. played it, but um, it's it's one that's been on my radar for a while. Mm-hmm. Wanted to try it. It's like a city building type yeah. game. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if maybe the legacy thing. It's like maybe you're having to weather natural disasters and things like it's that. It's kind of like you 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 play a campaign. Yeah. But it'll be interesting. It's interesting to see them like pushing the boundaries with the legacy yeah. thing, and it, it's really reinforcing this idea that legacy is not a genre. Mm. It's yeah. a, it's a means of delivering experience. Yeah, yeah. Because you can have legacy board games, legacy card games, anything yeah. like that. And video games have done it for a while. You know, you got permadeath and all mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, not necessarily Gen Con related, but I guess they've announced that. Um, yeah, because the timing was more opportune. But Flaming Fell Studios 
um, which is made up of ex-Lionhead staff mm-hmm. um, and who they, they made a, f- a Fable digital card game mm-hmm. which is actually very good mm-hmm. um, I played it they have announced a new game which is going to be a version of Gloomhaven for the PC very interesting yep uh, have any further details on release date or format or um, so as far as format goes it's not going to be a direct port of the board game to the PC in the same manner as Mordheim and Blood Bowl right it's going to diverge from it in some ways okay um, it's going to it's it's down here as a release date for Q1 2019. Okay, all right. So, so the the development's well underway then. Yep. Uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, uh, I always kind of think whenever you see like these ports from you know tabletop to PC or you know phones or whatever, it's like okay, why why am I wanting this over the the tabletop? Usually, it's so that. So that I could play a game on my way to work, mm-hmm. uh, our ticket to ride a Settlers of Catan. This is obviously not the case for here, uh, but what I, what I imagine is that there are a lot of people out there who want to play Gloomhaven and, for one reason or another, have not got the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could I, I could have seen them just doing a direct port of the game. But nice that they're actually trying to make it at least a little different. Um, right, right away, one of the reactions I saw to it was people were like, right, so the board game based on a video game is getting made into a video game. <laughs> so it, it does feel a bit It like comes it. full circle. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the thing, right, is that Gloomhaven obviously delivers a, a, a very unique experience on the tabletop mm. that's evidenced by the fact that whether you like it or not it has changed oh, people the are industry going nu- quite a bit yeah, people, people are going nuts for it yeah. Yeah. Um, at the same time though I dare say that there are going to be better RPGs on the computer than Gloomhaven yeah. or at least as um, far as the, this experience of Gloomhaven. I don't know. Like the X Line Head staff, so they did the Fable games, which controversial. Little, well, they're a little divisive. I really like them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I I think it could be good. Uh, and you know, some people don't want to pay like uh, in excess of a hundred pounds for a board game. So paying what what would the retail be for a full video mm. game now? Like 40, 40 or 50, 50 quid. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that seems like a fair deal, mm. right? Um, so again, we'll uh, so that's going to be early next year. Yeah, that's coming out. So uh, we'll probably dabble in that. I dare say. Yep. We'll see. Uh, see what happens. But um, I think that's about it for. Well, it won't be just that for Gen Con news, but that, that's what we've cherry picked as being some of the more interesting announcements. So, other than Gen Con, what we've been doing recently is... Well, what, we've just uh, had our first game of A Song of Ice and Fire. Yep, the, the miniatures tabletop mm-hmm. game. Um, the, the, this one, obviously, we did our unboxing for it um, yes. quite recently. You can still go and check that out if you want a, a look at the, the contents. Um, the, the miniatures we were quite impressed with. Um, yeah, and I think that's still like the biggest selling point of uh, this product 
is the miniatures are nice um, and they they are serviceable in loads of different things so you know we I feel like now uh, we are g never going to need another mini for uh, like a generic fantasy setting RPG no because so. we've got all the human characters sorted now and we even said on the unboxing video Tyrion could probably make a dwarf or a halfling or something yeah. like that so oh, definitely yeah um, so you played Lannisters of course um, I played Starks and we, as you say, we got in our first full game with. We stuck to the contents of the starter set. Yeah, we didn't add any of the additional stuff yeah. that you got from the Kickstarter yeah. campaign. Um, it's quite neat. I like. I really like the non-combat unit mechanic. Mm -hmm. So what what they have is uh, they have a tactic. Uh, the tactics board is that what they call it in the, the yes. rules? Yes. Yeah. Um, which you can move one of your non-combat units onto. So for the um, uh, for the Starks, uh, who, who were the non-combat units, it was Catelyn and Catelyn and Sansa, Sansa, uh, and for Lannisters, it's Cersei and uh, the man himself, Tyrion. Yep. Uh, so uh, you you can move them rather than activating one of your combat units, and that has an additional effect depending on where you place it. So it could be. Uh, get a free attack or get a free movement uh, that that kind of sure. thing that kind of thing I thought that made it feel uh, different enough and I, I don't I think if they didn't they didn't include that I think it, for me it would feel a bit too similar to other rank and file war games yeah it's, it's quite interesting because you actually feel as though you're watching the political machinations mm -hmm. unfolding in front of you Um and they in turn are affecting what's happening on the battlefield, mm -hmm. and it actually plays into the characters of the the armies here because it's not just the placement of the non-combat units; it's the tactics cards as mm -hmm. well that really factor in here. Because a lot of the Lannister um, uh, tactics cards are really dirty. It's like it, <laughs> it's like ca cancelling out um, tactics, which makes it feel as though like you know the Lannisters in the book and the show. You see them intercepting mm -hmm. intelligence a lot and like sp spreading false information. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the other side, a lot of the Starks' tactics are about bolstering their units. Like they yeah. keep fighting on in in the face of these impossible mm -hmm. odds, and um, they they use some sneaky manoeuvring because, by virtue of them being like the lightly armored Northmen, they're just a bit better at um, guerrilla warfare, guerrilla fighting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I I enjoyed it. Um, we don't need to discuss who who won. We don't need to cover that. I won. <sighs> you uh, got your licks in though. Yeah. Oh, the the I tell you what, right? Uh, I, I I the uh, Lan the Lannisters have uh, Gregor Clegane, the Mountain, yeah. and his Mountain Men, and Brutal. my God. They uh, they just cut through. They were your like favourite unit, else. I think, weren't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think th I think my favourite unit. Um, well, I had two favourite units. I love the Great John, mm -hmm. the Great John Umber. He was amazing. Yeah. He, he makes any unit that he's in better. Mm -hmm. And then the other unit that I loved because I'd, in hindsight I would maybe have put Great John Umber with the Berserkers just sure. to make them horrendous. I had him with the Starks Sworn Swords. Mm -hmm. He still made them really good. They did a lot of damage. But the Berserkers, like even without a character, um, they do a horrible amount of damage. 
Mm. And it's the more you hurt them, the more brutal they get. Which is nasty. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I would definitely recommend people trying it. It might not be for everyone, but I'm certainly... Well, I, it's your money, man. Uh, yeah. You bought it. Are you happy with it so far? So, first of all, let's straight for the jugular here. Cool Many or Not are criticised for style over substance okay. in all their games. I don't feel like that criticism stands with A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got style and substance here. It's um, um, It feels thematic. It right? feels thematic. Um, as you're saying, if you didn't have the, the, the tactics and the intrigue, it would feel like any other war game. But tactics and intrigue is a song of ice and fire over the back, so of course mm-hmm. you're going to include that in in some way. Yeah. Um, I I'm really pleased with with what I've got, and I I think to be honest, um, depending on how much interest there is for it in the Glasgow circuit, it's something I could see myself playing a bit more. We certainly know a couple of people who have been very excited for this, yeah. so I'm sure. You'll have no problem problem in finding people to to. I hope uh, so. Yeah. Play against. Um. What what did you, what did you think? You used to obviously Callum. You played uh, Warhammer Eighth Edition back in the day. Yeah, so. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, because you 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 were hanging out this afternoon watching us yeah. uh, play the game. What what were your impressions of it on? As a as an observer. I think like you're saying, if you try and make a rank and file game and you don't put something different into it, heavier yeah, quotes. Sure. Then it feels a lot like fantasy yeah. or maybe like, even Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Or, mm. or like any historical any game. Historic yeah. Game yeah. It's nice to have the tactics part because you get a feel for the characters. You get personality for different families. Like mm-hmm. every army can use the same strategy. Yeah. But with different ways of operating behind the scenes, you get a feel for how that family works. It's a nice, yeah. nice tweak. And it's like not not only do you have the the different um, personalities of the armies, where the Lannisters have got the best equipment, but mm-hmm. their morale's terrible yeah. because they're just um, swords for hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I felt that they were yeah. running away left, right, and centre. At the same time, who your commander is changes how they all behave. Yeah, yeah matters. So, because I had Rob Stark, um, that you're really maximising the potential of the Stark guerrilla warfare there. Mm-hmm. It's all about you know withdrawing and getting extra moves out of sequence and things like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'd had Great John as my commander, um, he uses you know very direct assault tactics. Mm-hmm. So, so many layers of customization that we've not even got into yet. Yeah. Do you know what my favourite ability was on uh, lead? And it wasn't uh, on any of the named characters. It's the the guard captain for the Lannisters, right? There's a mechanic. <laughs> yeah, you where, like that as well. There's a mechanic <laughs> where basically, if it so normally what would happen is if a unit a, uh, a unit at the end of combat if it takes casualties, it has to take a panic check to make sure that guys aren't going to run away, right? Uh, so you roll dice. And uh, if you fail it by a certain number, that certain number of models runs away. But what the guard captain does is you can kill one of your guys and the rest of them stay. Yeah. So, 
Um, it's very like dark. It, yeah, it's like very he just dark. Grabs one of the guys. Is like, oh, you want to run away? Do you? Well, just remember, I'm a maniac. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a, f- a huge flavour win there as well, though. Oh yeah, I, I, it, it felt like I was in charge of a Lannister army. So, yeah. uh, but a decimation. Mm-hmm. Keep them in line. I don't yep. know if you mentioned it, but one of the neat things that it does, you take it in turns. Yes, that's right. Yeah, like one unit at a time each. Yeah, it means you. I, and I, I think a lot of um, that's going to be the way a lot of tabletop games, uh, well, miniatures games, will be going, uh, doing it now, mm-hmm. because it means you're not stood there waiting for you know ten minutes, fifteen yeah. minutes for you to. You, you, it means you're not just feeling like a spectator in your own game. Right, you, you, you. It's very snappy. Very, it feels very quick. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I think it was quite quick to actually play through the game as well. I mean, I effectively conceded because I was at a point where I wasn't gonna get back in the game. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it only took us like an hour and a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it was pretty streamlined, wasn't yeah. it? I, I imagine once you're more acquainted with the rules, it'll be even quicker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll be playing more of that, and we'll uh, let you folks at home uh, know how we uh, are getting on with the song of ice and fire, and uh, if we've got any further thoughts on that. I'm looking forward to uh, to trying out Bolton's bastard girls. Yeah, personally, so I think release we'll be, the hounds. Yeah. We'll maybe throw some of the the mercenary units and mm-hmm. some of the other. Um, like I think we've got the Bowmen and the Knights of Castle yeah. Rock and things like that. So we'll throw some others Give in the mix. Maybe try some of the other commanders as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, guys, I think I think that's everything. Uh, that's all we've got time for. So yep. Ben BenCon twenty eighteen continues this yep. evening. We're gonna be uh by well, by the time you hear this episode it'll have already happened. Uh, so hopefully uh, the, we we manage to stream the next part of our Arkham Horror campaign yeah. without without hassle. Uh, but guys, until next time, you take care and thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye. Hi there, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. This is Ewan Bowers for the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast, executive producer. Uh, <laughs> I believe that's my title. I believe I put enough into the Patreon. You too can put money into the Patreon. It's highly recommended. It helps these guys out. But if you're too cheap, there's always the Twitter and the uh, the Facebook page. You can get those on uh, just searching Unlucky Frog Gaming. And there's also a website, www.unluckyfrog.com. I want to be a producer. You can't. There can only be one producer, Tom.